let's start with our confession this evening. And I know the first part of the new confession, I am Kelly. <laughs> that's, all, that's as far as I've gotten on that, but okay, so here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open and my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. That's such a good confession. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you so much, and I just thank you, Lord, for each person that's here tonight, Lord. I just thank you that our ears are open to hear what you would have us to hear, Father, and I just thank you, Lord, that um, your word goes forth with power. It does not return void, Lord, and I just thank you that you'll do what you want to do tonight, Lord, that you would just speak through me, Father, and um, I just humble myself before you, and I just thank you, Lord, that you will have your way in this place this evening and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, now this is why, this might be why Dan tells me I need to get another email address because this, because my address is Luke Weston Properties, so that's all of our apartment emails go to this, but I just want to show you all the things that I just deleted <laughs> before I came in here, see if you kind of get an idea of what's going on. Let's see, I have a Zulily, I have, if I say this, Rakuten, Belk, Hollister, um, Finish Line, Home Goods, Famous Footwear, TJ Maxx, Ashley Home Store, Budget Golf, Academy Sports and Outdoors, Puma, American Eagle, Schumacher. <laughs> so I have all these emails that I just deleted, but guess what, guess what they all have in common right now? It's all sales. They're all having clearance sales, right? Because it's getting ready to be a new season, right? Spring is coming. And so all of these places, it's like sale, 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 sale. Now this, I probably do need to delete all these and not let them come up on my phone because this is probably why when I'm going through my closet and I have all these shoe boxes at the top and I totally don't even remember getting these shoe boxes, but I bring it down and I'm like, oh, okay, that pair of shoes. I bring the next and I'm like, the next pair of shoes look just like the last pair of shoes. And I have like, Hey, I got them on sale. <laughs> so <laughs> I know we all. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I got off track there thinking about shoes. Okay, but <laughs> they're <laughs> but they're all having clearance sales. And you know, as much as I I would like to think that they just want me to get a good deal and have things on sale, really, it's because they have a whole either the back of the store or they have a whole truckload of new inventory, right, that they need to make room for. So in order to do that, they have to get rid of all the old inventory, right, so the new stuff can come in. And all of the old stuff is going is unproductive inventory, right, because like for it's going to be spring, right, so it's getting warmer. So if you go to try, if look for a winter coat right now, you can get a good deal. It's on clearance, but you don't need that winter coat going into summer when it's 100 degrees, right? It's unproductive. And so as I was looking, deleting all my emails, you know, I was thinking about that in terms of our own life, that God wants us to get rid of all the unproductive things in our life in order to make new for all the productive good things that he has for us because it's a new season, right? 
it's a new season for us, right? And so we got to get rid of unproductive things and make room for the new things. And in Ecclesi oh, and just real quick before we go, because, um, you know, as I was praying about this message, like, I write down all the things that God shows me, and I'm like, okay, this is either going to be super short or super long. I do not know. But if it's super short, I just wrote down what God gave me. I cannot just make anything. Oh, it's my ring. Okay, I just can't keep talking, so we might be out of here early, or we might be out of here late. I have no idea. Okay, just letting you know ahead of time, though, to be prepared either way, okay? So Ecclesiastes 36 says, there is a time to keep and there is a time to throw away, right? And um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32 says, get rid, okay? So now you might be wondering, well, what are those unproductive things in our life? Or what are those things that I need to get rid of? Well, Ephesians, now there are lots of scriptures that tell us, but, but Ephesians 4, 31 through, through 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, okay? unproductive we don't need it god wants to make room but wants us to make room for new things that he wants to do right so we got we got to get rid of bitterness we got to get rid of rage we got to get rid of anger we've got to get rid of harsh words and slander okay and now you might be feeling good because you might be like oh yes she didn't mention anything that i'm struggling with right now right but then it goes on and it says as well as all types of evil behavior. So you can just <laughs> fill in the blank if there's something that I missed in that, but all types of evil behavior. Oops, another email. Delete that one, right? Okay. <laughs> so when, when God asks us to get rid of those things, those unproductive things, it's not because he just wants us to have nothing there. It's because he wants to fill us up with the good things, things that are going to produce um, good things in our life for, for us to be successful and to have blessed lives. Amen. So in order to do that, sometimes we have to make room for all of the things that he has for us. Um, so I just want to encourage you this evening. If you need joy in your life, guess what you got to do? You got to make room for it. You might have to get rid of maybe some worry or anxiety, right? You might have to get rid of unforgiveness in your life if you want to have that peace, you know, that transcends all understanding. You might have to ask God, what are some things that you want me to get rid of in order to have all the good things that you have for me? Now, you know, I, I think I've shared this before, and this is one of those things that I thought that I had already gotten rid of, okay? But um, as I've been cleaning out my closet, sometimes, oh, ugh, that's another, that is another message in itself, but cleaning out my closet, and I took all of these things out of my closet, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do with, I, I mean, I had piles of just stuff, and so I had these piles, and I was like, well, I guess I'll take them to the Goodwill. Oh, well, maybe my mom might want that. Well, maybe, I don't, gosh, that's, I, I've never even, I don't even know if I've worn that, but I know I'm not going to wear it now. But it's still not, you know, so I have it there. And then, like, I know I need to get rid of it, and I left it there, like piles of clothes. And then, like, I left it there. And then all of a sudden, like, maybe a week later, it's like, um, eh, I, I need to get rid of that. But then... Two weeks later, no joke, like I'm like, I, I didn't even notice the stuff anymore. And so sometimes, yeah, I know that's bad. 
sometimes that's how it is. You know, there's things that maybe we need to get rid of or we thought we got rid of, but then we've actually like put them some, you know, we just have rearranged things and it's still there. And um, we're still able to function with those things, but it's still there. And I didn't even realize until I picked all that stuff up, put it in a box, and just took it to the Goodwill. And then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like a weight was lifted. I didn't even realize how much, because I got so used to it, I didn't even realize how much it was that that stuff was affecting me until I actually got rid of. And then, like, this sense of peace came. And so that's totally not, um, that's just off the message. But anyways, um, we have to make room for all of the things that God has for us. We can't just rearrange things and keep things and rearrange it and then try to have all that God has for us. But, you know, I'm going to hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness over here, but I want joy over here. You know, that's not the way it works. We actually have to make room for it. Amen? Um, so now, now, here, now we're going to go to, because this is, this is, I like to do this this way, and this just seems like God always gives me like these, um, Bible stories that, you know, I can remember when growing up and um, going over them so much. But this story this evening, I really, I was like, oh, I don't want to, sh- I don't want to do that story, you know. So I'm like trying to flip through and find another Bible story that I want to go over. And, but it just wouldn't go away from me. Um, but then I know why, because then um, the title of this message is, message is acres of hope which is going to tie into this message and I was like oh I like acres of hope I like good stories right that um so we're in Joshua that's the story that we're going to read about um and I am going to just read the story just because it's I just think it's good to hear it and um but the first in Joshua 6 um now that the they had just um gotten past Jericho, right? And so that was a battle, and but God supernaturally did it because those big walls of Jericho came down from them walking around it and blowing horns, right? That was God. It wasn't anything except for their obedience. They were obedient to do those things, but it wasn't because they were a huge, big army. Really, in the natural, like Jericho was, it probably looked like they couldn't do it. So we know that God is the one that did it, right? Um, and then it so they, um, they got past that, and then it says, And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of, of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. So that was the instruction, okay? Um, now, before that, um, before the destruction of Jericho came, I thought it was so interesting because um, God showed them specifically what to do um and he told them exactly how to go and possess Jericho or or to get through Jericho so then and then he tells them when you know once you get there don't take of the accursed things and and um you know I was thinking of accursed things those are accursed things like for us today they don't belong to us those are things that belong to the enemy okay and so accursed things for us as I was thinking about it fear that's that does not belong to us. Fear belongs to the enemy. Unforgiveness, bitterness, all those things, you know, those are what I picture as for us the accursed things are. Um, so then if we go on to, um, we're going to start in 7, and it says, 
But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things of Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, okay? And then it says, okay, maybe I don't want to read all this because it could get really long. But um, anyways, and it says, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. So they're moving on to their next valley. They made it through Jericho. Now, you know what I just said on the, um, I said when at Jericho, the Lord told them what to do. Now here, they're spying it out and I don't hear the Lord saying, do this. I hear the, the people, that he, the two spies saying, um, take about two or 3,000 people because um, they're not as big as Jericho, so we're going to be able to do it. But I didn't hear the Lord saying that. And so I just wonder, now this is my own thoughts as I'm reading this story. I wonder what, what would have happened if he would have inquired of the Lord ahead of time before what happened, um, before we see what happens. But I just wondered if God would have said, don't go up against them. There's sin in the camp. You know, there's a curse things among you. But maybe, maybe it was, you know, sometimes like we do, like we think we're the ones that are doing it. But really, we can do nothing apart from God. Every victory that we have is because of God. Amen. And it said, he said, don't worry the people or don't weary the people. Um, for, for, for the people of Ai, there's only a few of them. So about 3,000 men went up from there. Um, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down, it could be A or I or Ai, so we're just going to say Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36,000 men, for they chased them from there before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Can you imagine? They just went up against Jericho and they had this amazing victory and now they're going up against another you know group of people and there's less than them so they're thinking oh this is like water under the Britain no, piece of cake we got this and it says but they fled before them and it says um oh and then it says and uh I think 36 people is that right 36 people were killed and then it says then Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth um on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening and he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. They're mourning because, like, the, if the presence of God isn't with them, then there is no victory, right? And so they can't do it on their own. And so they're, like, mourning, you know, like, oh, my goodness. And it says, and Joshua said, alas, Lord, God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to, de to deliver us into the hand of the Ammonites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies for the Canaanites? Because he's thinking, okay, so now the people over here and the people over here and the people over here are going to hear that, that we were defeated by these people. And they're all going to come together and then we're really going to be defeated. And so... He said, for the Canaanites and all the um, inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So then it, and then it goes on. And it says, so the Lord said to Joshua, get up. 
right? Don't stay in that um, position of depression and, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And I think he was saying, get up because his heart for Israel hadn't changed. His plan for Israel hadn't changed. So get up off your face. Why do you lie with us on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have um, born stolen born is that the word there born no both sorry <laughs> and have both stolen and deceived and they have also put it in their own stuff okay I wonder what would have happened if he would have asked the Lord before all that like should we go against AI what should we do I think God would have shown him right and so they had sin in their camp and so here's what it says it says therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turn their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you there was sin in the camp right and the en they, they could not stand against the enemies right because um, right there God says you got to get rid of that and then and then I'm going to turn things around and I'll show myself strong on your behalf but but we can't keep sin in our life right because sin does separate it from God and there are consequences for sin now thank goodness for Jesus and and this and we're going to see what happened here but but our sin it could lead to death but I mean if we put ourselves in a bad position but but Jesus has already paid the price for all of our sins so all we have to do is ask for forgiveness and it's and we're forgiven but it says they couldn't stand before the enemies. And then he says it again. Get up. Sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord, God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed things from among you. And in the morning, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to the families and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households and the household which the Lord takes shall come by man then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire he and all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing to Israel you know and as I was thinking thinking about this um he didn't know who had sin in the camp, right? But who knew? God knows. There is nothing hidden from God. Amen. He knows everything. So sometimes we think, oh, I can get by with this. Maybe people don't know, but God always knows. Everything hidden will be revealed. Um, I'm just moving right along on this. Okay. And it says, so Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerites, and he brought the family of the Zerites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Then he, so he's like bringing them out. Like he's gonna, it's going to be exposed, right? And it says, now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what have you done? Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against 
the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them, and there they are hidden in the earth and in the midst of my tent um, with the silver under it. And so he said, I, I have sinned. I saw something. You know, that is what the, what the enemy does. He dangles it in front of us and makes it look all pretty and shiny and, oh, we got to have it. Or, or those sale shoes, oh, I got to have it. You know, but you better make sure that that's what God has for you. Amen. <laughs> so, but he entices us, you know, and then we're drawn away and enticed. And, um, but when we give in to that, that is sin. And sin does bring forth death. Um, and so it says that uh, he saw it, and then he went after it, and he took it, and he hid it. And it said, so Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in the tent with silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the, and the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor, or Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? But God had already said that if we take those accursed things, it's going to bring trouble. And um, the Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire, and they had stoned them with stones, and then they raised over him a great heap of stones, and there to this day, so the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Accor to this day, and that is the Valley of Trouble. And now you can see why I was like, not that story. I don't want to read that story. But then as I dug in a little deeper, I'm like, that's not how it's going to end. Amen. That is not the end of the story. And so, you know, for you and I today, thank goodness we have 1 John 1, 9 that says, for if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all wickedness or all unrighteousness. So when we confess now, sometimes we remember these things, but guess what? God doesn't, the slate is wiped clean and God does not see it. It is not there anymore. When we repent, it is gone. And then Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Amen. So that is, to me, that's like, that is good news. That is amazing. God loves us so much and has such a wonderful, amazing, good plan for us. Amen. All we have to do is turn to him. God, I am so sorry. You're forgiven. Done. You know, we don't have to beg and plead. It's like once we ask him to forgive us, once we repent, it is done. As far as the east is from the west, our, he doesn't remember our sins anymore. Well, so then we see at that ended with the valley of Accor to this day. So it's the valley of trouble. And this is where the good news really comes in. Because in Hosea 2.15 it says, Alter, you know, this is a, another long story also, but I'm just going to read one little portion of this about God's redemption. I'll turn her valley of trouble 
and the message version says, which that is a core, which the, mes the message version says, heartbreak valley into acres of hope. That's why I say the story was not done right there. So really, it's like God can take the most devastating, I mean, there was death, there was destruction, there was sin, but God says, I'm not going to just, that's not it. I'm not going to just leave it there because I love you so much. I'm going to turn the valley of trouble into acres of hope. Amen. We have hope in Jesus. Um, the place that represented trouble, sin, and punishment would once again flourish and experience the blessings of God and new life. Amen. John, um, now we all know this, this scripture, and this is John verses 16 and 17 but this is in the message version and it says this is how much God loved the world he gave his son his one and only son and this is why so that no one need to be destroyed amen it is not God's will for us to be destroyed it is not his will for us to be stuck in the valley of trouble amen he wants us to get in and Morgan had a really awesome um I don't know, a picture for the title. It was just, and we've been doing a lot of driving with basketball and everything like that. And I don't even know what school we were at the other night, but it was in the middle of nowhere. So it was just like, a oh, South Newton. So acres and acres as, I've dri as I'm driving of just snow. And so I really got a visual, though, of acres and acres of... <laughs> of hope, of good things, of God's blessings. It's just, it's all over, amen? So it is not God's will for anyone to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son to merely point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Amen. We have good news this evening. Amen. We have been acquitted. It does not matter. I mean, that, that was a hopeless, I mean, it just looked hopeless for them, right? Because there was sin and there was destruction and it was trouble. But God says, I'm not leaving you in that place. I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make that valley of trouble into acres of hope. Amen. That just got me excited. Acres of hope. And so as I take this backwards, because I'm like, God, what do you, there's so many things in this story. Um, but first, God can produce hope in our worst situations. Amen. So no matter what you might be facing, it's not the end and it's not over. Amen. God can turn it around and he can use it for good. There is hope in him. Amen. There's no situation that he can't turn around. And um, so look forward because that's what hope is. It's confident expectation of what God has promised. Amen. So begin looking forward to what God has in store for you. Begin looking for him to turn your situation around. Begin looking for him to flood your life with his blessings. Amen. All of his promises to you are yes and amen. Amen. So we can expect God's promises in our life as, here's the number two thing, at, as we get rid of the accursed things in our life. Things that are associated with the devil. Things that don't belong to us. Amen. 
we all know, I don't need to point out <laughs> those to you, but we all know what those things are in our own lives. Amen? God loves us so much. He wants to have fellowship with us. He doesn't want us separated. He wants to flood our life with good things and blessings, but we have to get rid of all the things that, that don't belong to us. Amen? All the things that are associated with the devil, whether it's fear, whether it's unbelief, whether it's bitterness, whether it's envy, always having to be right, unforgiveness. Oh, that's right. I, that's how I knew that I got off my story. But I thought that God had, you know, already, I thought I'd already gotten rid of this. It doesn't really bother me. But, um, but then, you know, somebody had said something before, and I was like, oh, okay, no, no problem, something negative and bad and not nice, right? And so... <laughs> It wasn't good and made me feel good. It was not nice. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to, I'll forgive them. And, you know, um, so I thought I had until I saw that person. You know, that's why I was saying you can't rearrange it. You know what I mean? You either got to get rid of it. Um, there is no rearranging, right? So until I saw that person. And guess what came right back up? Oh, that's right, what they said about me. Mm-hmm, I remember. Well, then I hadn't forgiven and I hadn't gotten rid of it, right? I had just rearranged it and made some room in there. But in order to have God's blessings, God's, what all God has for me, I have to let that person go. I truly have to forgive them. The way to judge others is how God's going to judge us. So I certainly don't want to be judged, kind of judging them, right? So we got to get rid of the accursed things, things that don't belong to us. Um, and yet that might not seem like a big deal, right? You know. But here's what the Bible says. A small amount of sin accepted can mess up a whole lot, right? Just like Achan, one person's sin and 36 people died. They were killed before the army. And, it, and um, it brought trouble to the children of Israel, one person. Because 1 Corinthians 5, 6 says, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, right? Or the whole lump, yes. And so, you know, I was thinking... Then I get make it personal. I'm like, okay, so how does, you know, my unforgiveness for that person thinking that I've, you know, gotten rid of it, how does that affect my family, my kids? You know what I mean? Do they see that? You know, because it, it affects them. Sin doesn't just, oh, it's just me. No, because it makes me act different because I, I didn't have the right attitude. I, you know, I was like, oh, that person, you know, and so I had to get rid of it. Well, you think my children don't see that I act like that? <laughs> So that's how I'm making it personal for myself. Oh. So I had to get rid of it. I really have to forgive. I have to bless those who curse for you. Per bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. So I pray for them. And now, now I really do believe I have gotten rid of it. And I and I do pray God's blessings for them. I thank I thank God they have peace in their home and and um, God takes care of everything that concerns them. But the thing is with sin. You know, when, when we take those accursed things, when we allow, when we don't get rid of those things and make um, room for the productive things in our life, well, in this story, they couldn't stand before their enemies, right? Now, I'm not, death, you know, I'm not, we know that that's, that's the old covenant, but, but here's the thing, when we keep that sin in our life, then that allows the enemy to have a spot, and that allows him to come in and maybe bring some kind of death in your life, right? It brings destruction in our life, and so sin opens the door for the enemy, and we don't want the enemy in our lives, in our families' lives, right? You know, I, I look at it, 
in this nation. We have opened the door because instead of getting rid of sin and like calling things out, we just rearrange some things. You know what I mean? Abortion is sin, right? But, well, if it makes, or whatever makes you feel good, you know, well, no, sin is sin. There is no justifying it. There is no rearranging it, right? It opens the door for the enemy. It destroys families. It destroys nations, right? We have got to get rid of it. Unproductive things, right? They're if we keep those unproductive things, well, that's exactly what they're going to be, unproductive in our lives, right? Then if, so if we get rid of them, then that allows God to flood our hearts with peace, with love, with joy, with answers, right? Just get rid of the accursed things. Don't hold on to those things. That they don't belong to you. They belong to the enemy. Give them back, all that nasty stuff. Give, them, give it back. So, that, okay, number one. God can produce hope in our worst situations. God has good things in store for you. What the enemy has meant for harm, God can and will turn it around and use it for good as we submit ourselves to him and get rid of. The, the Bible says, create in me a clean heart, O God, right? If we ask him, he'll do it. Show me the things. Just like I really didn't want to probably know about it. I still had a little bit of unforgiveness, but God showed it to me. And once I did get rid of it, I feel good now. I can see them. I can talk to them. And no problem whatsoever. So get rid of those things that the enemy uses to hold us back and stop God's blessing um, from flowing in our lives and stop us um, from entering that acres of hope that he has for us. And the third thing, and this is what we, we saw um, more than once because we saw it in verse 10 and then we saw it again in verse 13, get up. I want to encourage you this evening, get up. Maybe you've fallen off God's path, right? Just like, you know, they had Achan off the path, right? Get up. Don't stay in the position of depression and defeat, right? Get up. God's plan for you has not changed. You might have made some mistakes along the way, but God's plan for you has not changed. Amen? His plan for you is still good. Just like the children of Israel, God's plan for them was victory to enter the promised land. God's plan for you is still good. God's plan for you is still victory. It doesn't matter if we've made mistakes or we've gotten off. Make a U-turn quickly and get back on the path that God has for you. Amen? Get up. Get up. Don't stay down. Get up. God has good things for you. Amen? Though I fall, I shall arise. Amen? That's all I got for tonight. <laughs> Can't add anything else to it, so let's go ahead and let me see what time. Eh, a little early, but okay, let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank you for each person that's here tonight, Lord. I thank you for the great plan and purpose that you have for each person's life, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, right now that they'll know your love, your acceptance, and your forgiveness like never before, Father. I thank you, Lord, the moment that we repent and ask for forgiveness, our sins are forgiven and you don't remember them anymore. And so I just thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we see ourselves the way that you see us as forgiven, Lord. I thank you, Lord, right now that you're, you you will turn hopeless situations into acres of hope, Lord. There is nothing that you can't do, Father. I just thank you, Lord, right now that we cast every care to you, Lord. I thank you, Father. You care about everything that concerns us. I thank you, Lord. You are so good. 
I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Remove weights and cares, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, right now that you show us, just like with me, Lord, if there's areas that maybe we think we've gotten rid of or maybe we know we're holding on to it and we don't want to go back and have to get rid of it because it might be hard and painful. I thank you, Lord, that you will show us those things and we will get rid of those things, Lord, so that you can fill our hearts with new things, with the good things that you have for us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, every lie of the enemy that it is stopped right now in Jesus' name, Lord. You show us what the enemy has been lying to us, Lord, and we replace that with the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's just symbolically tonight, I'm thinking you're probably like me as Kelly was sharing tonight. The Lord was showing me some different areas in my life that I have not cleared out some clutter and uh, allowing some things to linger around that need to be out of my life. So all across the room with nobody looking around, let's just lift those things up to the Lord. Allow him to show us some things that we need to change in order to stay on the perfect path that he has for us. Not allowing those things to be distractions and to clutter us and slow us down and keep us from the wonderful, blessed life that he has for us. Father, we just allow you to minister to us tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We worship you and praise you and thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for your wonderful love and grace and mercy tonight. We worship you and praise you. All across the room tonight, now we want to pray for you. If you're here tonight and you have not put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, or maybe you did at one point, maybe you've gotten off track, and, uh, and you recognize that... Uh, you're not on the path that God has for you for your life. The first step is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, like Kelly said earlier, we put our faith in him and God forgives all of our sin. Floods our heart with his love, fills our mind with his peace. So if you're watching online tonight, all across the room tonight, if that's you, you say, pastors, would you pray for me? I need to get back on the right path. Put my faith in Jesus. If that's you tonight, can you slip your hand up in the air? We want to pray for you. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Anybody else tonight? God has such a wonderful plan for your life. And the first step is just being humble and asking Him. Asking Him for His forgiveness and for His grace. And thanking Him for His love. And He embraces us warmly. Let's all pray this prayer together with our two friends who lifted their hands up in the air tonight. Let's all pray. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. I have sinned. I've made mistakes. Tonight, Father, I thank you for your love. I receive your forgiveness. I place my faith in Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that in you, my future is full of hope, acres of hope, and I rest in you tonight, in Jesus' precious name, amen.
Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Anything else? Well, I just have to say one thing because I got off on my own little tangent right there. But so I just want to ask for forgiveness. But I'm just going to pray real quick for Lord, I just thank you. If there's anybody, I mentioned abortion. If anybody's had an abortion, Lord, I thank you right now that they would know how much you love them, Father, that you still have a good plan and a purpose for their life, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that every lie of the enemy would be stopped, Lord. The minute they ask for forgiveness, Lord, you have already forgiven them. And so I just bind the the enemy, Lord. He is the accuser of the brethren. And I just thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you flood their heart with your peace, with your joy, with your purpose, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they would know, Lord, that that they can move forward, Lord, that you are with them and you won't leave them and you won't forsake them. In Jesus' name, I I, I had to go back and say that. And then I also want to encourage you with one more scripture. And it says, um, no, I'm correct. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on the one thing, forgetting the past, and I look forward to what lies ahead. And so I just want to encourage you, the past is behind you. Today is a new day. It's a new season. Amen. God has got good things on the path ahead for you. Amen.